Man. That's all I got to say about that. Love, love, love being in his presence. And we're so blessed and anointed by Jesus. <laughs> and we're treasuring his heart and his gifts and his callings. Here we're stewarding them by using them. Hallelujah. And, uh, oh, I love it. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of review uh, from last Sunday. If you weren't here, that's okay. You can watch them. They're on our messages online. Um, I'm going to review just a little bit from some of the prophetic words that came last Sunday and undergird what God is saying today. Today, the word of the Lord will be launch. That would be the word of the Lord for today. And so um, we always encourage, if you're new here, or we encourage those who have been here for a while to never let anything become familiar you know, you kind of get used to it, uh, and so we don't want that. We want everything to be fresh and flourishing. We want to be really open to the Spirit of God and be expectant all the time when we gather. And um, we honor the Word and the Lord, the Lord, and we honor His worship. We honor, honor His sounds. Um, there are sounds of heaven. And it doesn't just come when you are in your quiet place or when you're going along the way or when you're up here. The sounds of heaven are actually always vibrating within your spirit. Um, there's a real rhythm and a run of the vibrancy, the currency, <laughs> the flow of Holy Ghost inside of us because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. So there's constant praise actually going in within us. Does that make sense? It's like you are the temple of the living God. You're the house of the Lord. But it is amazing. The Holy Ghost is just vibrating, resonating, uh, always bringing up the sound of heaven. And when he speaks a word to you, you hear a thought or a sound, you start humming a little, little song or tapping your toe to something. You just, out of the blue, start quoting the scripture. It's because the sound of heaven is moving amongst us and in us. We just kind of join in on that. How many of you have woken up at least once in your life and heard a song going on? Raise your hand. Okay, so many of us, you just wake up and, you know, so what happened in the night? <laughs> well, sometimes you may know and sometimes you may not, but our spirit's always worshiping. Our spirit is one with the Lord, and so it's just that song and sound. And so we want to host that individually all the time, 24-7. We want to host it when we're here. And with Beyond the Veil, we know that in our worship, we desire to host his presence, allow the spirit of prophecy to move, and that we're hearing what God is saying, and then we're saying that, we're singing that, and the instruments are playing that, and they, they, they connect to the sounds of heaven, and so you can hear heaven moving, and that's why you feel that. And there's times when you can feel that, whoa, you just went up a little higher in the spirit. There's a time when you feel like things just opened up a little bigger and brighter. There's a time when you just felt joy all of a sudden. You're overwhelmed with goodness. You're just so glad. You're so thankful. That's the spirit of God moving. That's him ministering in, with, and through the songs of heaven and worship and praise. The scripture says we're supposed to come before his presence with praise and thanksgiving. That hasn't ended right? <laughs> so that should be our lifestyle, correct? He didn't say, you shall come before the Lord with grumbling, gripping, and complaining. I don't know. I think it's in there. So if you get to your quiet time with God, if you start out with grumbling, gripping, and complaining, change the way you're thinking. Come before him with thanksgiving. Praise him for who he is. And once you start worshiping him and praising him for who he is, then everything will shift in you, Right? And so we're always undergirding that. And um, so I'm going to undergird a little bit of the words from last week because it ties in. Um, 
The word came forth from John 15. I want y'all to go there. He says, he made it very sure that we would know this, that you did not choose me, but I chose you. All right? So John 15. Verse 16, John 15, 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. He said over and over, You did not choose me, but I chose you. He went on to say, I'm calling you out as a house of prophecy. You are prophets to the nations, right? We are all called, we can all prophesy, yes? Every believer can prophesy, but not all are in the office of a prophet. We understand that. But we are the house of the Lord, and we can all hear God and speak what he says. And you can read your Bible and speak and declare what he says. That's why Grant was singing just the word, the scripture and song this morning. He was just singing the scripture. Open your mouth wide and I will feel it. And there's the song. There's the melody. There's the unity of the spirit there. You hear that? So all of us are called to prophesy. We're all called to give God glory. We're all called to speak out loud and sing what he's saying. So now you may jump into that river a little bit more on your own as you go throughout the week, and you may start finding yourself singing the words of the Lord. Amen? So go back to Jeremiah 4. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah 4. I read this last week to undergird. He says, I'm calling you out as a house of prophecy, and you are prophets to the nations. Jeremiah 4, 1 through 10. This is the story of Jeremiah being called. Actually, that should be Jeremiah 1. I don't know what I'm saying. Jeremiah 1. Maybe there's something in Jeremiah 4. Maybe I'll go look at that later. <laughs> anyway, Jeremiah 1. We're going to start on verse um, 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So do not be afraid of their faces, because I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth. And the Lord said to me, he said, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set this day, see, I have this day set you over the nations, and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, and to build and to plant. So, and we're talking about the spirit of prophecy as the house of God, as we worship the Lord, as we proclaim to God what he is saying, 
as we give thanks to God, as we decree a thing, it's established, yes? As you go about your day, I mean, talk about a 24-7 house of prayer. Because, you know, if we just take this side, what's been going on? What's been coming out of your mouth all week? You know, if we look at this side and up here, what's been coming out of our mouths this week? I hope that grumbling, griping, and complaining hasn't been at the forefront. Okay? But what praise, what thanksgiving, what word, what scriptures, what prophetic utterance has come up and out of you by the Holy Ghost? Just do the math. And we're just a very small group here today. Yes? But every saint, a minister, this is the spirit of prophecy that he calls us to, and he explains for us how to use this when you're together, corporately, two, three, gathered in my name, how to do all things right and in order, decently in order. He tells us how to encourage and build each other up. We want that in ourselves. We want that uh, in your families, in your households, as you go along the way, as well as classes and wherever you teach or preach or go on missions or out on the fields or into the cities. We're hosting and carrying that word, yes? And so we need to be good stewards of his words. Wow, what an encouraging thing. God chose us, chose us, he did. He chose us, he chooses us, and that's the word of the Lord. And he's going to fill our mouths with his word. That's it. So if you hear him say it, decree it, right? I have had many, many times through dreams, visions, encounters where the spirit speaks to me. And then I have to go find the scripture. Guess what? It's always in there, right? (laughs) Without the numbers and the these and thous, okay? That is the spirit of truth who's leading us into all truth. And we're hosting this. It's not just uh, their job to do, right? It's all of our job. We have the privilege of that. Some are like, oh, no, I don't sing. Well, maybe you should start trying. Yes? <laughs> God loves it. He gave us those voices. So just saying, it's just you and Jesus. He loves it. Yes? Say amen. <laughs> All right. Uh, Isaiah 6. I'm just undergirding and reviewing and supporting always. We want us to have understanding of why we do what we do. And to the outsider, they think we're nuts. <laughs> But that's in your Bible, too. Um, Isaiah 6 through 8. 6, chapter, that, chapter 6, verse 8. It says, I also heard the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And so I said, here I am, send me, right? That's that volunteer status that we're always in. Here I am, send me. And we've talked about this. It's easy to say, here I am, send them. But we make ourselves available and God will use us because he knows what he has planned for us. But he will stretch us. He will to the end of time, I'm pretty sure. No doubt, he says, do not doubt for one minute what this house is called to do. We are a worshiping house. We're a house full of prophets, prophecy and words and the word. We are full of the word. You are full of my spirit and full of my words. Do not doubt for one minute. Isn't that amazing? 
So he wanted to make that very clear as he's calling us out and encouraging and strengthening us. He has to say, do not doubt. And I love it when he gets specific. He could have said for one second. But he said, don't even doubt for one minute. So when you hear Jesus say that, obey it. Don't doubt it. Yes, Lord. That's what I say. Yes, Lord. Amen. Right there. You hear it? It was declared the breakthrough even for Africa that God is going to do it and making a way. Let's go over to Micah 2. I agree with Reinhard Bonke, who is in heaven now. Africa shall be saved. <laughs> he loves that continent. Um, Micah 2, verse 13. We call this the breaker anointing. Jesus Christ is the breaker. He's the breakthrough. The one who breaks open will come up before them, and they will break out, and they will pass through the gate, and they will go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Hallelujah. Jesus is the breaker. Holy Ghost, that breaker anointing. He's the one that opens the gates and doors and breaks you through suddenly in a moment and always leading us. The king is at the head, so we're not just breaking through and just out there floundering or wandering around in chaos. We're actually following the king. We're actually following the king, yes? He is the one who breaks through for us, and we're following him. It was spoken that there's an invitation from Jesus to come and drink of the living water. Freely, freely give to others what you are receiving. Always encouraging in us in this. John 4. John 4, verse 10. Jesus answered and says, If you knew the gift of God and who it, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. It was an invitation to come and drink of the living water. Holy Ghost is always that living water. Jesus, his word, living water. Living water was an invitation. And the woman said, well, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Because remember, you're just thinking carnal, natural. But that is the realm of the Spirit. This is the anointing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Go over to uh, John 7, 38. He defines it for us. The invitation, always, always inviting us. John 7, verse 37. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So that's the flow. That's the constant flow. As we receive, we give. As we receive, we give. And we encourage everybody. Everybody needs to be giving. Yes. Everybody's giving every single day. Hallelujah. The Lord said over and over to open our eyes, open your eyes and look up, look around, look to the eyes of your spirit, look around, look up, redemption draws nigh, look around and see how redemption is in him. Look at how we're so surrounded by even so great a cloud of witnesses. Open up, you heavenly gates and see, and see was shouted more than once, it was like, reverberating, see, see, open up, look around and see the salvation of the Lord. He was opening up the realm of the spirit, not just our physical eyes, but our spiritual eyes to see by the spirit. Go to Psalm 5. This is continuous work. It's a continuous work. Amen. 
It's a continuous work. We go from glory to glory. I have to start on verse 1 because it's so good. Psalm 5, verse 1, he says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For to you I will pray. And my voice, I love this, my voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. What if that voice is singing? (laughs) What if that voice is bringing before God his words? Yes? In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Look up. As soon as you open your eyes, look up. That's the heart of the Lord. That's the communion he's drawing us to. Uh, Psalms 40. We're going to look at verse 12. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I'm not even able to look up. There are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. That's what it looks like when that oppression is coming against you, right? And Jesus is always saying, okay, now come to me. Draw from me. Drink from the living water. Look up. Open your eyes. See beyond what's coming against you. You hear it? Go over to um, Luke 21. He said this a bunch of times in scripture, but we're pulling out a few. Luke 21. He's talking about the second coming, so let's start on verse 25. Luke 21, 25. <laughs> Say good news. Woo-hoo. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So now when these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. These are words of Jesus. Now go back to Exodus 14. Wow. I agree. Exodus 14, verse 13. We love this. This is uh, Israel escaping from Egypt. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, but stand still and see. How do you see salvation? Something's going to have to happen, right? And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you do see today, you shall see again no more forever. That's how God can move. That's how God works. 
He said, you heavenly gates, open up, see, 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 open up, look around you and see the salvation of the Lord. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The whole chapter is awesome. They're being surrounded by bad guys, but God wins. Okay. <laughs> um, we're going to look here at verse 17. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17. He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. So position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, says the Lord, for he is with us. And that was a whole bunch of singing, a whole bunch of praising, a whole bunch of psalmist prophetic ministry in this chapter. Right? Praise, confidence in who? God. God. And that's the place, the new realm of, I'd say, growth for much of the body of Christ is seeing that, that how important our worship is to the Lord, how much victory it really brings him, and how much victory it really brings us, yes? He said, look at, at the salve on your eyes, and you see the truth, and the truth you know will set you free. Go back to Revelation 3. We've been talking about this for a while. The Laodicean church, the lukewarm, verse 18, Revelation 3, verse 18. I'm just saying, if you ask for it, you're going to get it. Uh, he says, I counsel you, buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be made rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And in the word, he was saying, look at the salve on your eyes. Open! Just like that. It's like, oh, I see, I see, I see that. Veils being removed. Hearts being opened. Right? It's a progressive movement, but that's what's happening. He says, the truth that you know will set you free. We're very familiar with those passages. John 8. Get that word in your heart and mind. John 8. We have all been in places with God where it's like all of a sudden it just clicks. I don't know how to, it just like, I got it. A light bulb. An idea came. All of a sudden, you broke through in thought, in deed, in whatever you might have needed. All of a sudden, this thought just comes to you. Yes? This unction, this, this life comes to you. And you start moving with what the Holy Ghost is saying. Yes? It's that. All of a sudden, this truth comes to you. And that sets you free. John 8, verse 32 he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. These are not my words, but Jesus. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Say, free indeed. Free. Hallelujah. Go over to John 14, 17. Since we're there. 
We're going to actually start on 16. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. We sang that this morning, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him because he dwells with you and he will be in you. He's always in us, correct? <sighs> okay. Open, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. All right, so this is a story out of Mark. Let's go read it. That's what was prophetically being coming forth where we cry out, oh, Lord, open my eyes. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Mark 10, verse 46. This is that account. And this is not only helping you because Holy Spirit can speak whatever he wants to speak, but it shows you if you really go back and really search out how much comes out that scripture. How much that is sung that is scripture. And he'll just tie them together. He'll weave them together. <laughs> this part, that part, this part, that part. And it's the word of the Lord. You hear that? That's stewarding the word of the Lord. And as a house of prophecy, we have to steward the words of the Lord. Yes. Whew. Mark 10, 46. It says, now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude Blind Bartimaeus and the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. And when he heard, there it is, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many warned him to be quiet, but he just kept out crying all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man and said to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. How marvelous is that? I mean, how marvelous is that? If you go to a huge conference, you're some prophetic conference, right? And there's like 5,000 people there. You're like, pick me, pick me, pick me. It's like inside, you're, you're saying, oh, please give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. Right? That. That, but that's expectation. In the midst of this crowd, he is crying out to Jesus. He's crying out to Jesus and, and expecting him to answer, right? I'm just saying, <laughs> have mercy, rise. He is calling you. That's good news. Verse 50, throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. So Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. It took faith to do that. He says, and immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. Immediately. The proclamation, we see, we see, we see, we are no longer blind. That's what is being imparted. That's the revelation. That's where we are. All of a sudden, the eyes of your understanding are being opened. The eyes are opening up. Your spirit is opening up. You're hearing and seeing God. You're growing. You're growing. And if there's a physical infirmity, it can and will be healed in Jesus' name. There was a word. It says, run as fast as you can to the Lord because the truth you know will set you free. Sounds familiar? Run as fast as you can to the Lord. Today, he said, I said, today you do spring forward. It was actually when we, we call that daylight savings time. He says, today you do spring forward, and you have sprung forward today. 
Today you do spring forward as in natural, but yes, but today you have sprung forward today. Past, you have done, yes? He says you launch and you rise above it. Today you will soar. You rise up on wings of eagles, so do not look back. Do not despise small beginnings. Today you spring forward, so leap and run and rejoice over the hills of suffering with me. Leap and run and rejoice over the hills of difficulty. Leap and run and rejoice over the hills, for they shall become a plain. All those tests and trials and bumps and the obstacles and the things in this life, yes? The instruction was, today you have sprung forward, so launch, get above it, yep. You are soaring today, rise up on the wings of eagles. Do not look back, so earlier we heard, uh, um, do not doubt for a minute, right? And now he's saying, do not look back. Remember Lot's wife, right? And he says, do not despise small beginnings. Do not look back and do not despise small beginnings but he's calling you to spring forth. You will leap, run, and rejoice. Said it three times. Leap, run, and rejoice over hills of suffering, difficulty. And then he says, these hills shall become a plain. Right? Go to Zechariah 4. That's where that comes from. When he's called to go back and they're building uh, the temple back up in Jerusalem. It's been destroyed and in shambles. And it looks like a big heap of bricks. (laughs) And Zechariah is like, have you seen, have you seen the rebel, God? <laughs> have you seen? Uh-huh. And you said rebuild. Where do we start? Right? Where do you start? Where do you start? One brick at a time, I guess. Zechariah 4, 7. Well, we should read 6, right? He says, so he answered and he said to him, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he continued, and you shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. You hear that? Grace, grace to it. Go over to uh, Psalms 18. I love it. Let's start on verse, uh, Psalm 18, verse 46. He says, The Lord lives, so blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Get above it. Today, you rise above it. This is what this looks like. Or is like David, did he just start you know, going up into heaven or something or floating above the enemies? Right? That's a song of the Lord. That's what it looks like when you know I just got above this. I just went past that. I'm over it. I went higher. Get above it. Rise above it. You know, right? You know when you got a victory. You know when you just went through in the break or broke through something for you. Yes, you know it. Get above it. Rise above it. That's the, that's the, that's the heart of this. Hallelujah. Go to Isaiah 40. You know in the spirit, and it doesn't always have to be bad you know, it's just, you know, ooh, 
Oh, now my eyes see. Now my ears hear. Now my heart understands how good God is. And the Spirit just raised you up above what you've always known. Isaiah 40, verse 28. He says, have you not known and have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he never faints or is weary. Aren't you so glad? Aren't you glad he doesn't get tired of you? I mean, I am so glad. He just don't say, son, I'm so tired of you. Right? Aren't you so glad he does not grow weary? He does not faint. Just saying. He can get irritated and angry and say no more. But oh my God, we just can't wear him out. We tried. We have tried. We have definitely tried. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. For those who have no might, he increases strength. You talk about a lifesaver. Those who have no might. That's what he did for Zerubbabel. That's why I said, mm, it's not by your might, Zerubbabel. It's not even by your own cruise. It's not even by your own strength or ability, but by my spirit. That, that's the place. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, but the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord, who are pursuing him with all of your heart, right, shall renew their strength. They will mount up with those wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. How about that? The God who doesn't grow weary and doesn't faint, then all of a sudden something's imparted to us by the Spirit. And now we're running and we're not grown weary and we're not fainting. Where'd that come from? How is that possible? That's getting above it. That's rising above it. You launch, you rise above. It looks like that. Whew. Go to Habakkuk 3. It's after Nahum, if that helped. <laughs> Habakkuk 3. I don't guess our thing's working at all today. Habakkuk 3, 16. My subtitle says, Habakkuk trusts in God's salvation. So this is very common. This refers to us leaping and running, rejoicing over the hills of suffering and difficulty. It says, when I heard my body trembled and my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered my bones and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When it comes up to the people and when he will invade them with his troops. Verse 17, so though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, the fields yield no food. Though their flock may be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Here he comes. He's rising up. He's rising up. He's rising up to that praise, yes? You didn't even know you were a psalmist prophet. That's what it looks like. All of a sudden, something starts changing. You can read the entire book of Psalms and see it in every psalm. Here's where we are. There's where I'm going because we shifted everything to him. Yes? 
And then he says, verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on my high heels. That, woohoo, that's truth. You hear it? That's power there. So you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So when we sing and when we declare and we prophesy and we release these words, you need to know that that is the Spirit of God ministering to you in your group, with your family, as we're gathered together in classes, whatever we're doing, the word of the Lord is establishing our way. He is ministering here in that anointing. Look at the truth that comes. You're like, oh, I just thought it was a song they were singing. No, this is a reality. This is our reality, yes? And when you go and you look at it again, you go and listen to it again, you go read it again, you meditate, you look up these words, right? We're called to be stewards of it. When something got you, you're like, whoa, I gotta go find that. I got to go hear that again, that. And so the word I started with, I titled this launch because uh, was the 18th yesterday, then that soon. So on my walk yesterday, he was speaking to me and I heard the great launch. Okay, so now I just want to read launch for a minute, like you don't know what it means. Launch, check this out. To set... A boat or ship in the water. Makes sense. To float. A newly constructed boat or ship. Usually by allowing it to slide down inclined ways into the water. We've all been there, done that a few ski trips when, you know, have problems with the boat getting in the water. Okay. To send forth. To catapult. Or release as a self-propelled vehicle or weapon. Like rockets were launched midway in the battle. The submarine launched its torpedoes and dived rapidly. See, it's kind of growing beyond, well, we just launched the boat into the lake to go skiing, right? All of a sudden, it's to send forth the great launch. To send forth, right? Catapult. Release as a self-propelled vehicle or even a weapon. Wow. To start a person on a course. Oh, they launched their career. You understand? To get going. Let's get going. Let's get moving. Or initiate. To throw or even hurl. Like to launch a spear. Thank God we don't do that. To start a new venture or promote a new product. It's like, now you're stepping into my marketplace, anointing sister. To burst out or plunge boldly or directly into action or speech. To burst out or plunge boldly or directly into action and speech. To start out or go forth, push out or put forth on the water the act of launching. So, Now you're like, okay, all right, I have more definition. So when I hear the great launch, now you're listening. Now you can look at these things. Okay, now what are you saying about me with this? What does this mean to me personally? What does this mean to me and my family? What does this mean to me and my business? What does this mean? What does this mean to the church? What does this mean to our garden right now? What does this mean in the movement? You hear that? That's what you got to do. The great launch, he said. Great launching springing, springing forth. And see, he's pulling from what he's been saying. He's pulling from last week. He, he just always speaking. And when I was like, well, that was a nice word. He's always speaking. He's always going to keep bringing what he's saying and help us understand where he's taking us. 
the great launch, a great launching, springing, springing forth, an escalation, escalation, risk. Oh, shoot. But sometimes in that, you got to take a risk to go forward, don't you? Right? It's a part of launching. Stepping out and stepping up. Waiting for the Holy Ghost's launch for new things. Powerhouse, some would say. Springing up into new life. We're actually born to thrive in adversity because of Christ's spirit in us. We don't shrink back, so we're actually meant to thrive in times of trouble. To be there and to be ready. So spirit man, come up front and center. That's that call to attention. Yep, that's that call to attention. Remember the launching of rockets and the launching even to the moon? What are you going to do when you're there? He says, there's always a destination and there's always purpose unless you stay in perpetual orbiting. Come up here. So let's go back. Go to Luke 5. Say, yes, Lord. There was a show they did once. It's called Lost in Outer Space. That's not what we want. Perpetual orbiting, right? (laughs) There is a goal. There is a destination, correct? You're doing good? All right, Luke 5. Most of us know this. Fishermen are fishing. Uh, Luke 5, verse 1. It says, So it was, when the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of their boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down, and he taught the multitudes from that boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. All right, that's easy for us to figure that out. We can see that. That's where the word is used, launch here. How about that? We understand that. And what was before Peter was something he never saw coming, correct? He went from fisherman to a fisher of men, correct? Go out and launch. Now go over to Matthew 17, a little more undergirding. A few more things. Matthew 17 <laughs> oh my goodness, he's just covering all of our bases. Verse 24, Matthew 17, 24. He says, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came up to Peter and says, hey, is your teacher not paid the temple tax? And he said, well, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him and said, so what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? And Peter said, well... From strangers, so Jesus said to him, "Then the sons are free." But nevertheless, let we lest we offend them, you go to the sea, and you cast in a hook, and you take the fish that comes up first. And when you've opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. It didn't say anything about launching there. It didn't say anything about going out into the deep. But what you see there is Jesus back in His words. When I'm about to launch you into the deep, and when you get out into the deep with me, these are impossibilities. You're going to see what I'm really like, what my call is, my purpose is, my mission, what I can do. 
even with you. Yes? My goodness, you and me together. Love it. John 21. Verse 1, John 21, 1. He says, after these things, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. He said, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. He revealed himself. So Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said, hey, I'm going to fish. And they said, well, we're going with you. So they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. And when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said, children, have you any food? And he says, no. And he said, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able, able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. I mean, all he did was this. And that's what he's doing for us. Right? The great launch. There's more to it than you think. And we are not of those who shrink back to destruction. This involves launching. This involves going up. This involves going over the hills. It involves going to a purpose and a destination. And him with us, yes? We are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul, Hebrews 10. We are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith in the preserving of the soul. That's Hebrews 10, 39. Go to 1 Peter 2. Oh, Jesus. 1 Peter 2, verse 21. He says, for to, for to this you were called, because Christ suffered for us. <laughs> Leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. This is that suffering over those hills, yes? So who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth? Verse 23, who when he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. And when he suffered... He did not threaten, but he committed himself. This is it. He committed himself to him who judges righteously. And that's where we need to walk, right there. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins, we might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. Period. Yes? You hear this. So our spirit man is coming up front and center. We're called to be ready in season and out of season, always ready for the work of the Lord. Remember the launching of rockets and the launching to the moon. I want you all to think on this. What are you going to do when you get there? What is he launching you into? Where is he saying, come up higher? Where are we going? What are we doing? What does he really want to do? What is he really doing now? And where are you going? What impossible thing is out there? And he's like, well... Come with me. Why don't you go over there? Here's my word. Follow me. He's always going to do above and beyond what we could hope, think, or imagine. That's the way it looks. 
unless you stay in perpetual orbiting. I don't want to be a limbo. I don't want to be a no man's zone. Right? I don't want to just be floating around doing nothing. We have purpose. We have destiny. We have a calling. We're making our elections sure. We're going forward, onward, and upward. He's calling us up. Our eyes see. Our ears are opened. And we're moving with a sweet new revival fire. So let's stand up and let's honor what he has to say. There's more. The great launch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for how you speak to us, for how you move in our lives, and how you're calling us out into places that maybe we've never gone before. <laughs> but we thank you that you've already gone there, and you hold the victory, and you hold the keys of Delheth and the grave. Hallelujah. Thank you that you promised us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We choose to receive the heritage, the plans, and purposes that you have for us, Lord. Thank you we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses that we're not alone. And we love you and we honor your spirit today. We ask that God, you will continue to move in our midst and lead us by your spirit into the fullness of what you have desired. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.